as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hey, Nick, what's an Amish person's favorite type of raisin? Uh, I don't know, Eric. Barn raisin. Welcome to this week's edition of the Top Pair Podcast. I am your host. It is Eric Weinstein. With me, as always, coming to us from a snowy Rochester, New York. He's built different. It is Nick Maxwell. Nick, how we doing, pal? I am, in a word, cold. Uh, that's the best way to describe how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, it's very snowy in the Northeast. Um, I got Suffolk County, Long Island. We got about 15 inches, I think. Nick, you probably got a little more. No, we actually, we, uh, we've been at freezing temps. We're going around like the 18 degree mark. But we've only got about six inches of snow today, but it's supposed to just keep snowing until Thursday morning. So It's going to keep snowing until April, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while you're trying to stay warm, while you're bored inside because, well, A, you should be inside already because COVID is still a thing. But while you're bored inside because it's cold and snowy, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Top Hair. We have a stacked show coming to you this week. There was a lot that happened in the short time it's been since Nick and I spoke. So, Nick, why don't we just get right to it? Um, speaking of that pesky COVID, um, tonight's game between my New York Islanders and your Buffalo Sabres postponed due to some positive tests of the coronavirus. Yep, John Vogel of The Athletic, who covers the Buffalo Sabres, reported that Rasmus Ristolainen and Taylor Hall both tested positive this coming, obviously, after the whole weekend thing where they just had a weekend series against the Devils. And at this point with New Jersey Devils, it might be easier to try and figure out who's not on the COVID list. Yeah, Devils are uh, a mess. Devils are an absolute mess. Yeah, so it, it's it's not a good look right now. I mean, obviously, the Sabres are closing up shop for the rest of this week. So the league hasn't announced yet if there's going to be makeup dates or postponements or whatever. Um, just, just, just a grand old time. Uh, reports out of the Sabres' office have been that they are absolutely furious with, with what happened today. Kyle Palmieri tested positive Friday before the weekend series, and the Sabres try to raise a whole bunch of questions going into the series about possible what this means. Should they actually be playing? Should they not be playing? Should more guys get tested again? And the league basically gave them crickets and told them not to worry about it, and then now this whole thing breaks down, and it's a real bad look for the NHL right now. Yeah, it, it, if you want me to be honest with you, it couldn't look worse. Um, the Sabres raised questions. They said, what's the deal here? And the league said, R-E-L-A-X, relax, it's going to be fine, just play, whatever. I mean, I watched both games, so it gave me stuff to watch. They were mid-afternoon games, so that was nice. But, I mean, incredibly poor effort by the NHL to just not even seem like they care. Like, we're going on month 11 of this. If you count the lockdown in March, it's month 11. Um, you knew this, the virus was going to bring about problems when you made the return to play. It's why you have the taxi squad. It's why the cap is flat. It's why the league started in January. I mean, you got to know that this thing isn't so easy to... Tr I mean, it's... I don't know what they were thinking, how they were just like, well... 
It's like that cool parent, like, who lets the kids drink when they're six. And they're, All right, it'll be fine as long as you do it in the house. Don't worry about it. Like, just poor job. And the, the league has to really, that's what I'm looking, I guess just fix, for lack of a better term, how they're going to handle this testing. Because job not done well. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm just complaining just because obviously the Sabres are involved, but it's just like it's just weird to me that the Devils announced like an hour before the game on Saturday that a guy was going on the COVID list, and like my girlfriend who and I we were watching the game, and she like her hockey experience is that like she might know what color the blue line is. Well, that's like, I'll, good. I'll put it that way. She was even kind of like, "Why are they playing this game if a player just tested positive?" I responded with, "That's a great question. I really don't know." Uh, it's just I don't understand why they couldn't push the game back to like seven o'clock and then try and like get some sort of like rapid testing in. I don't. I mean, that might have something to do with like the facilities, but it's just like I don't know. This is just like the league is really, really bad in general at, at being transparent. Like Batman likes likes to keep everything tightened tightened up and like buttoned up, but. During a time like this, where dudes' like health is on the line, like this just is—I don't know. This is a this is a great big fat F for me for the way that the league handled this. I just I just don't get these guys are getting tested every day. I mean, what's an extra test? Like you have you're giving these thousands and thousands of tests. I mean, what's one extra you know Q-tip up the nose? Like it's really not. I mean, I I don't think it would be too much of an issue but who knows i mean it's just it's frustrating because you've seen teams like teams are getting postponed like obviously the sabers and islanders aren't going to play tonight florida's had a bunch of games postponed carolina's had games postponed you know yeah exactly it's frustrating you think they would learn from not the mistakes but from like what has happened already like figure it out it's right in front of you yeah, hundred percent. Or even like learn from the league where it's like it's okay to just like push a game to a later date. Like that's why you have off days. That's why you mix stuff in. Like it's it's just I understand you can't do the complete NFL model because they, those guys only play like one game a week. But it's just like it's just kind of laughable to me where it's like why did you not build more cushioned days into the schedule? Yeah, it's like, uh, and it's like the same thing we said with the bubble. It's like. They were like in the bubble. They were ahead of schedule. Here, they're not exactly ahead of schedule, but you got to you got to account for this. I mean, I know that's why you have the taxi squad. That's a great idea. Taxi squad is you'll see it probably coming to I play mean, now. Well, that I mean, what what happens if the taxi squad guys like get infected though? Like, then what's the point of even that? Even you know? It's yeah, just, it's I, just there's got to be a better protocol. I guess yeah. is where it starts. Just protocol from the league and. Um, you saw the Capitals get hammered with it, you know, last week and you know, it's going to end up having to be stuff like that, maybe worse for violating these protocols. So I don't know. I mean, the NBA said they were going to have a snitch line. Uh, maybe the NHL needs a snitch line. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. I mean, it really sucks that, you know, games have to keep getting postponed because the season has been really fun so far. Um, I guess we can move on from this. Uh, we can go across town um, from the island to the city. Um, Tony D, Tony D'Angelo, on waivers and cleared waivers with like not even a, like a, a hint of a move being made. 
So Tony D'Angelo, the story is allegedly, allegedly, there was a scrap between, not a scrap, but there was a, an argument between Tony D'Angelo and Alexander Georgiev um, on the game-winning goal. I believe they were playing Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're playing the Penguins. And they got into an argument in the locker room, and Keandre Miller, who is a large boy, young guy, but a large boy, um, had to step in and kind of, you know, stop the fight. And the Rangers had had enough, and they they placed Tony D'Angelo in his $4.8 million cap hit on waivers. He cleared, um, I think it was, who was it, Davidson? Oh, no, it was Jeff Gordon came out, and he said, Tony, this is his last, he's never playing for the Rangers again. Uh, his, Him and his agent, Pat Brisson, have been kind of, you know, working out a deal here. Um, really, you know, crickets right now. Um, not much really happening, but, you know, it's frustrating to see a play. And you can leave the politics stuff aside. You, uh, some stuff came out with D'Angelo politics. I'm not even going to go there. But you know this guy has been a problem. He's former first-round pick. It's his third team in four years. And coming in, the problem was, well, he's got character issues. And, you know, you give him this money. If he wasn't such a dick, he probably would have gotten a five- or six-year deal. So the Rangers give him, I assume, they give him the two years to say, all right, let's see. You know, he's kind of got these issues. It's the flat cap. Kind of helps us. Give him two years. We'll see where we are in two years. Seven games into the year, you dump him. You know, it's just, I don't know how many more kicks at the can Tony D is going to have left. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, it's, it's also hard because right now you're going to have zero trade market for the guy, right? And the fact that they're, they're not even saying, hey, we're going to put you in the taxi squad, just, they just said, hey, go home and we'll call you when we have a trade worked out, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, um, I was going to say something, I forget. Oh, apparently he was pissed off because they scratched him after that first Islander game. Um, when Barzell undressed him, and then he takes a penalty and adds the two-minute, it was a double minor, I think, what was it, unsportsmanlike, I think. And David Quinn did the right thing and scratched him. You make an example out of somebody like that. I think everybody who's a Ranger fan agreed with that move. Like, all right, he needs to know that it's unacceptable. And if you can't get over a healthy scratch because you were a jerk-off, like, I'm sorry, you get, he's, what, 25, 26? Like, when do, when yeah, do you... Yeah, when do you grow up? You know? And it's a shame because he's, like, a great offensive defenseman. I think he had 50 points last year. Like, he's he is really a good puck mover. He's good on the power play. You know, I think he had five points in a game last year. Like, he is the real deal offensively. Defensively... You know, you can leave that part alone, but you know, it's 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 a shame because the guy is really talented. Yeah, and and the rumor mill right now coming out from Elliot Freeman is that his agent Papperson has been calling other teams trying to figure out a deal. Papperson, by the way, has to be the busiest agent of this year because uh-huh. he already had to work on the Pierre Luc Dubois and Patrick Line trade. They're not making it and, easy for him. In a shortened yeah. season, they're really not making it easy for him. It's condensed yeah. for everyone. You froze. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? I do, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. All right, and, all right. You're moving now. Okay, good. Okay, pack this on. 
Yeah, and his other client, another client of his, Victor Mete, I believe, has also asked for a trade. So this dude is like, <laughs> Is Sam Bennett his client too? I mean, everybody. Yeah, just, I mean, he's probably like got a mass email list or a text to go out to his clients being like, everybody's going to stay where they are for the rest of this year. If you have problems, I'll deal with it in the offseason. You know? Sam so, Bennett agent. Who's Sam Bennett I, I think he might be somebody else. I don't know if that's Brisson's guy too. Oh, Darren Ferris. Damn it. I just thought it would be funnier. All right, go ahead. <laughs> By the way, um, Sam Bennett asked for a trade. Next. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, circling back to Tony D'Angelo, that's, that $4.8 million is a tough cap hit in this climate right now because with the exception of four teams, everybody would have to do a money-in, money-out move. So either the Rangers are really going to have to swallow another contract that they just aren't going to want, or they might just have to bite the bullet and just release D'Angelo altogether. I mean – I went through the list earlier today, and there's four teams that could really absorb his contract. I have a feeling I know who they. I have a feeling I know who they are, but say them anyway. So you have Jersey, who yep. will be his hometown team. Detroit, yep. who Steve Yzerman is the GM. Of Detroit drafted Tony D'Angelo, and then thought so highly of him, he traded him to Phoenix. <laughs> Hated him so much, he sent him to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, okay. So something tells me that's that reunion isn't going to work. L.A. Which I mean, they could use a little bit of youth on their team, but I, I but that might be a little too liberal for Tony D'Angelo. I think so. Yeah. Um, no or politics. Ottawa, and Ottawa might be a fit just because you know they've really had problems like, all, all over the place a little bit this last week. Um, but I don't know if you're Pierre Dorn if you really want bringing in that person that strong personality into a young building locker room. I know that you guys have like Derek Stefan and stuff there, but for the sake of guys like Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzley and Shabbat, you you're probably saying I'm good, thanks. So, and yeah. that's and that's always been the story. Is that his? Is he really worth it? I know he's really I know he's really good. Which which is saying something because he has the skill set of what every single GM this National Hockey League wants: an offensive defenseman who can skate well. Yeah, like you said, his defense ability is leave a little bit to be desired but they want somebody who can control the game like he can with his stick and it's just that just says all you need to say that all these gms are saying we love what he can do on the ice but off the ice it just ain't worth it yeah and i think we can leave it at this i mean the guy and i just don't like him but the guy is so skilled and for the rangers who it's been a struggle for them so far and they're like no we have no use for this guy he had 50, I looked it up, 53 points last year. I think he was one of like four or five defensemen who had 50 points last year. And the Rangers are like, yeah, we're good. It's it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Um, it just, it's, it shows a lot to what the Rangers are trying to build and, you know, the kind of cat that Tony D'Angelo is. Yeah. I can't say that any better than you can. It's just. Thanks. I don't know. I think a trade eventually will happen. I just don't know who it is. It should, but it's just going to take a lot of time. I think it's not going to be like the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. No, because of a lot more moving parts of terms of like I've said, money in and money out. I mean, I'm sure if somebody said like if they called this is just I'm just picking a team like they call Anaheim and they're like just give me like a 2024 sixth and we'll call it a day, then maybe a team would do it. But it's it, it's for 4.8. In a flat cap era, not era, but a flat cap year, you know, it's it's tough. So that's yeah. enough. That's enough on Tony D. Um, I think we've given him way too much airtime. Um, 
man, it's been very busy in that division because moving on from that, this was like the third biggest story of the week. Jim Rutherford was just like, I'm out of here. It came out that uh, Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford, two-time Stanley Cup champion winning general manager, called it quits. He apparently Pittsburgh management, you know, Lemieux, everybody there was blindsided by this. Jim Rutherford said that he's not retiring, but he's going to take the summer to kind of figure out what his next move is. Um, There was a rumor that I think has been debunked. Don't quote me on that. Apparently, he was trying to move one of Latang or Malkin, and they were like, absolutely not. And he said, all right, I quit. And that was kind of that was kind of it, but that was, I believe it was uh, debunked or rebuffed, whatever the term for that is. But Nick, what was your reaction to Jim Rutherford just saying, you know, he's good? Yeah, I was, I was scared early on because I immediately, my head went to, holy crap. I hope this dude doesn't have like cancer or something. You know what I mean? Like That's I immediately part. thought it was a health concern for that yeah. guy to just drop everything like that. Um, with this rumor, I don't know. Like trying to tr- like we came out originally that he tried to trade Chris Letang, and that was eventually like, and then apparently he was just like, "Stop telling me what to do," and then just like pulled a Doug Peterson was like, "All right, I'm out." Yeah, see you guys later. Um, I, it's a weird sword to die on for me. Like as good as Chris Letang is. I, it's hard for me to see that being the one where it's, that's the final straw with him. In terms of trying to trade somebody, I mean, there were that rumors beforehand a couple of years ago where he, with the whole Malkin and Kessel grip, that he tried to trade Malkin for somebody, and then it took Sidney Crosby to be like, hey, you're not trading Malkin because I'm going to be pissed. And then Rutherford was kind of like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm okay, probably not going to trade. I'm, let's I'm not trade piss off like one of the best the players of a generation. Yeah. Please, thank you. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to say that. You know, I just don't know if it's this is something where he was just tired of dealing with the extra stuff this year in terms of like having to deal with the taxi squad, having to deal with their tight cap. Um, rumors coming around with Mike Sullivan's job being on the line potentially. You know, sometimes the stress of this job just gets to you. And Jim Rutherford is a little bit of an older guy. He's already got two cups. Does he really feel like he needs to prove himself as a GM? I don't know. Maybe this is something where he takes the summer and maybe he takes a year off next year and then the year after that he comes back when the world is probably more back to normal and he says, okay, I'm ready for my next challenge. I mean, God willing that the world is back to normal at any point in the near future. Um, but yeah, I mean, and maybe he was thinking about, maybe it was time to have that tough conversation with guys like Malkin and Crosby. You know, Penguins aren't exactly they're not world beaters anymore. You know, they're, right. this isn't the, you know, the two, two cups in a row Pittsburgh Penguins anymore. Um, goaltending's a mess. Um, turns out, you know, letting Matt Murray go maybe wasn't the best idea, even though he's not exactly lighting the world on fire in Ottawa. But um, goaltending hasn't been great. You know, Latang is getting up there. Malkin's been, like, invisible, which is very surprising. Um, yeah. You know, and look, look, he's going to be 72 in two weeks. Like, the dude might just say, hey, you know what? I've time. made my money. I've got my championships. I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah, and if the Penguins are going to have to have those difficult conversations, like, look, we're not winning the Stanley Cup anymore. Our franchise is getting old. You know, the pl- franchise players, rather, are getting older. 
maybe he doesn't want to have to deal with a rebuild at 72. You know, that's, yeah. I wouldn't want to deal with a rebuild at 26. Like, nobody wants to rebuild. So, it's, it could be something along the lines, maybe you saw the writing on the wall. Um, I know apparently they were supposed, they wanted to bring in Dale Talon as like the assistant GM and Jim Rutherford is on and has one year left on his deal. And he was like, you're not bringing this guy in here. Like, absolutely not. Uh, so it, it might've just been building. And, you know, when you have an aging team, like the Penguins do, it, you got to have some difficult conversations and maybe he just, you know, like you said, he's got his cups, he's got his money. Maybe he just didn't want to. Just didn't want to, it could just be the simple fact they didn't want to deal with it anymore. And that's yeah. fine. Honestly, if that's it, he's like, you know what? I got nothing left for this. I'm just, I'm not, my heart's not in it. It's, you know, it's not fair to you guys that I'm not into it anymore. You know, maybe it just could just be something like that. These guys are human, you know. So who knows? But um, I know the Penguins GM search has started immediately. Um, yep. I think it would be hilarious if they hired Garth Snow. I'm kind of rooting for that. Um, no, I think there's three names to me that I think it's going to come down to. I don't think Jersey's going to let them interview Tom Fitzgerald. Nope. I, I know he's a hot commodity. I, I don't, you can't let the dude go like across the river to like <laughs> to build your rivals franchises. I would say Chris McFarland was the assistant GM for the Colorado Avalanche, and a lot of people consider him Sackick's right hand guy. Uh, Joe Ferguson or John Ferguson in Boston, he's Don Sweeney's right hand guy, and he's got a really good background in both in coaching, scouting, player development. He checks a lot of boxes, and then obviously Chris Jury too. Um, Your guy. I, look, people keep saying he's going to be a hot commodity, and I know Chris Jury is—he's a Rangers fan at heart, and I know he wants to coach, be the GM of the Rangers, but. Unless Jim Gordon is like gonna take a back seat, like John Davidson is already the president of Hockey Ops. Yeah, you, I don't think Jim Gordon's gonna be like, all right, I'll be the assistant president of Hockey Ops. I'll take a step down into the side from my position now. You know, this would be a good spot for Chris Jury. You have an established good culture. You have good ownership there, a good fan base. You know that division well. You know, you're gonna have, like you said, you're probably gonna have to have one or two conversations, but. Overall, you know, that's a good foundation to be thrown into for your first GM job. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with Pittsburgh, as long as they have number 87 wearing black and yellow, they they think they're okay. I think he's the key. You have to have that conversation with him. Be like, look, I know you're thirty, going to be 30. What is he, 35? God. Yes. We're old. Um, <laughs> you, know, he, you know, you're 35. Do you want to maybe go for it? with another team do you want to be you know penguins captain for your entire basically your entire career you know it's it's things like that the conversations got to have with sid and i mean he's i feel like he's been a team guy through and through um and look the other thing too is if gretzky can get traded if gordy anybody can be traded what Anybody can be traded. Yeah, Sid can be traded. Okay, like that's just the way that is. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, as long as he, if he doesn't say, "Get me out of here," he's not going anywhere. He's it. So I don't know. It depends, but uh, it's been very busy in the old Metro New Eastern Division. <laughs> very What's the busy. It's not the Honda Division, right? What's is that a Discover Division? I think they're Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual. That would make sense. 
Yeah, Massachusetts. It's like right, you know, right in the east. Um, yeah, and that division's been a nightmare to say the least. It's just been hell. Every team is just stacked. But you know what? Though every game has been fun. Like even coming from somebody like yeah, I expect the Sabers to be in the cellar. Like I don't care. But every game has been fun and entertaining, at least. Fun for who? Fun for like the fans. Maybe fun for you. <laughs> I've had the least fun. My team might stink. I can't get into it. My team might, like, stink. Oh, calm down. Listen, it's the same. It, it's like the Yankees never signing a starting pitcher with the Islanders. They can't score. The power play stinks. And they, they don't fix it. So, Well, that's, you know. I mean, that's, welcome to Trot's Hockey, man. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you going to do? Um... Speaking of the old Metro, but going to the Central Division, your boy debuting for the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Dude, those beautiful red reverse retro jerseys. Oh, oh, I can't believe I didn't bring this up when we were talking about Pittsburgh. You see how their jerseys came out? No, I didn't see that. They're gorgeous. Oh, really? Gorgeous. Vertical, anytime you go like the diagonal ladders, I'm always like, it's like a risk. Cause I've seen that on like some travel teams that I played against when I was younger. And I'm like, that doesn't look good at all. They look so good. I was talking to one of my buddies last night and I was like, you know, that 87 Sid jersey looks really good in white. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you'd never see me wearing it, but it looks really good. <laughs> I'm like, just saying, like. I think with Sid, I said this too. I think in my old age, I'm like appreciating him. Yeah. Just I mean, it's the same way with every Like, there's dudes that I hate. Like, I hated Matt Sundin when I was older. But like, listening to his interviews now on Toronto Radio, I think that dude's hilarious. Because he just doesn't <laughs> give a shit about anything. Yeah, it's like after a while, you watch these guys for so long. Like, you're going to hate this answer. But I'm watching Tom Brady, and I'm like, man, he's so good for so long. Like, you got to appreciate greatness. It's like LeBron. Oh, in like 10 years when Brady may or may not finally be done, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll learn to appreciate his greatness. I'm it'll watching, be, the, I'm it'll watching be that, the other other guy in New England that I'll never learn to love. I'm watching that Packer game, and I'm like, he's just going to do this forever, isn't he? Just forever. <laughs> like, it's never going to be over. Whatever. I digress. Uh, we'll make our Super Bowl picks before we end the, end the podcast. Um... All right, so going back to line A, I don't know how we got to Tom Brady, but going back to line A, um, oh, we were appreciating greatness, that's why. Um, going back to line A, I'm interested to see who he plays with. I don't know if it got released yet, but I'm very interested to see yeah, who he plays with. It said that I think he was on the line with Alex Texier, who, did Ooh. you see that shootout shoot goal the other night? I sent it to you. Of course I saw it. You did? Okay, you were the one that sent it to me. I was trying to figure that out this morning. I was like, he did like the scoop. I was like, for you to, I don't care how many times you try that in practice. For you to have the balls to drop that in a game he's where that's 20. a deciding shootout goal. He might be 21. And he's he's oh, got his, his meaty clackers. He went in there and he was like, I'm going to flip this puck in. Shout out <laughs> to him. But I think he's going to be on the line with him and uh, Cam Atkinson. So safe oh, to say, that's perfect. Oh, that, that line's going to have 20 shots on goal. <laughs> That's perfect. Man, oh, that power play is going to be so nasty. So Yeah, I nasty. mean, there's a lot of people saying that it's not going to work out, but 
I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other night, and I was, and I'm one of those people. When I heard this, I was like, "Torch is gonna run this dude over." And he sent me back. He goes, I, "He goes, it'll be fine." I, and I said, "Why do you think that?" He's like, "This isn't the first superstar towards his coach." He goes, "Do you remember the Lightning team that he he had with Brad Richards, St. Louis, and LeCavalier and Dan Boyle?" I was like, "Oh man, you're right." He goes, and then he went to remember when he got fired from there, and then he went to the Rangers, and then he had like Marion Gabrick. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. He goes, and then you remember when he coached those two twins up in Vancouver? I was like, crap, you're oh, right. Oh, yeah, he's like, had a lot of so – he's had great players. Like, Yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, he has coached a lot of superstars. And I understand, like, the Gavrick relationship kind of went by the haywire. But the Sedins – and, I mean, the Sedins are classy classy dudes. So, like, they could have just been saying this just to say stay classy, stay classy Vancouver. Yeah. But, like, at, they said they're like, our relationship was good. It was just, like – he just went berserko that one night. That's why he got fired. Yeah, I mean, well, the Sedins are like the outlier for everything. They're like, yeah. they're like robots. Those guys. They're they're like unbelievable. They're the exception to every rule. But yeah. I think this is something that the line is wanted forever. It feels like, like as soon as he got to Winnipeg, he's like, "Get me out of here! Like I don't want to be here." And yeah. well, he's always wanted to be like the guy. Like he he even said like in his draft year, he's like, "I can be that guy on that stage. I thrive off of that." being that guy i well, just need the opportunity well guess what patty you're the offensive guy now <laughs> in columbus it's you bro so let's see if that and i'm sure torts is in his ear like this is your time like you got this like get yourself paid like you know all that good shit i'm sure torts is in his ear so i'm very interested to see how this works out for him i again i don't think he's gonna end up signing a big long-term ticket there but i it, it might work out who knows? I'm. I've been in these times. I've been, you know, leaning towards the signs of optimism when it comes to teams that aren't my own. And you I sound think, like every. You sound like every commercial I've watched the past like six months. Yeah, like, I can in be, these unprecedented times. I could be in the Mass here, Mutual here. East Division commercial. I mean, I, that could be me. You know, I'm very optimistic about teams that aren't my own. I feel pretty good about the Columbus Blue Jackets and Patrick Laine coming in there. Yeah, um, look, the league is more fun when we get more Torts interviews. Like, of course I want them to make the playoffs because I need every second of a Torts interview to be available on all channels. And then you need channels. them to lose game one, like, five to one. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, like, they give up, like, three power play goals. Yeah. And then you get the full Torts. Yeah. And I mean... The thing about Torts is, like, I've heard a lot of people say, like, players in the past that have said, well, he makes it about me. And I've agreed with that to a certain extent. But, like, I think the way he phrases things is just kind of weird. Like, if a player doesn't have a good shift or he feels like a player doesn't come in in full effort, instead of saying, like, hey, you're hurting the team by playing this way, he always says, like, I, as the coach, feel the need to put you player playing like shit on the bench because i will not allow that you know what i mean like it's kind of saying the same thing but the way it comes off is completely different i have like and i've heard people say that but like what do you want him to say like he's the one in the end of the day he's making the decision so he can say it however he wants i mean if he's like i think i don't know who's on columbus whatever i don't know marcus nudovar is he still there i don't know maybe yeah he is he is he is oh good for me i just picked like some like (laughs) third pairing defenseman you know he's playing like garbage i'm gonna put in x y and z defenseman of course he's gonna say i did this because he did it 
So it's, you know, people just want to get on torts because they want to get on torts. It's so easy to blame him. Hashtag blame torts. Like it's, but I think I'm leaning, again, optimism. I'm leaning towards he's going to be in line A's year saying, shoot shoot the puck wherever you are. I don't care where you are. Just shoot it. Throw it at the net because something will happen. And that's been his MO for in the past. Like, just throw the puck at the net. Something will happen. So, yeah, 100%. I 100% agree with you. And this is one of the best shots in the league. Top three, maybe? Maybe like Ovechkin yeah. and who? Like. Wrist shot. Like, I don't know. When Phil Kessel feels like playing, I'll put him in that group, sort of. But I still think even his release is better than Phil Kessel's at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, and he's he's somehow still only 23 years old. I mean, this is still a kid you're talking about. So maybe he's like, you know what? I got to stop being such a a you-know-what. And he just, you know, gets his ass into gear. And I think Torch is the perfect coach for that. So... You know, best of luck to Patrick Line. He's one of my favorite guys to watch because when he's when he's going, he is going and going and going and going. So hoping that it works out uh, in the in the Buckeye State in Columbus. See what I did? Because they're playing Columbus. That's where the that's where Ohio State plays. Did you get it? Yeah. Did you get it? You what even it. whatever whatever a Buckeye is by that? I don't know. I, I I only know so much. You can't ask me too much. You know, but but I digress. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go to our checklist, which was just what we were texting about earlier today. We talked about the Islanders in Buffalo. We talked about Tony D. Uh, I briefly mentioned that Sam Bennett wants a trade, um, or may not. There's conflicting reports now going on. on yeah, Twitter. what was Jeez. that about? He was like, he was like, I want to get traded. Hey, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> I never said that. Yeah, I just I. And I feel like he's been a guy who has said that he's want he wants to get moved. And well, that was that was a really, I mean, that draft, that whole draft class really wasn't that great. But I mean, he was touted as a potentially number one pick. Like he came out the same year as Aaron Ekblad, and oh, really everybody from that top ten of that draft class just like hasn't really panned out all that well, Stunk. except for Elias Patterson. Yeah. What class is that? Twenty fourteen. I think it was twenty fourteen. 2014 NHL draft. Aaron Eckblad was number one. Yeah, that was your Sam Reinhardt went two. Jesus. Um. Yep. Reinhardt, Leon Dreisaitl went I three. I can't believe that was so. That was that long ago. Oh, this was the Michael Dalcall draft. Oh. He's like afraid to touch the puck. Um, Nylander went eighth. Ehlers went ninth. Ehlers, who I really like. Um, Dylan Larkin went 15th. Oh, yeah. Pasternak fell all the way to 25th. Good Lord. Yeah. Tony D'Angelo went 19th. Uh, Sanheim went 17th. Alex Tuck went 18. Nick Schmaltz. Kapanen went 22nd. Uh, Jared McCann. Pasternak 25th. Uh, Josh Hosang, 28th. Uh, Adrian Kempe, 29. That's actually like a pretty good first round. Brendan Lemieux went 31st. Not as bad. Thatcher Demko, 36th. Wow, the Islanders could have taken so many better people than Michael Demko. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, speaking of dry style, now that I see that his name on his list, did you see the fact that that dude had six assists the other night? It, you know, it, it's 
It's amazing. He was one away from tying Gretzky's record. And you know what's crazy? Edmonton might stink. They might, yeah. they might stink. Like, I'm pulling up their stats right now. Connor McDavid, in 11 games, has 8 goals and 14 assists. In 11 games. Um, that's 22 points in 11 games. So that's a, a, a nice, ripe, round number of 2 points per game. Leon Dreitzeidel, in 11 games, has 6 goals and 15 assists. 21 points. Then Ryan Nugent Hopkins has 10. And then it gets bad right after that. So... Can you imagine if you have the first and second leading scorers in the National Hockey League and you miss the playoffs? They, COVID it, year or no COVID year? Season ended today, they would miss the playoffs. And they, they technically didn't make the playoffs last year because they lost in the qualifying round. So that's technically a miss the playoffs. Like if you're, if you're Ken Holland, you have to do everything in your power this offseason. And again, this is all assuming that they missed the playoffs to trade for an actual goaltender. Like you trade your next five number ones. To get somebody, somebody that can stop a puck competent, yeah. <laughs> because listen, I'm gonna say it again. The fact that you even have to win a game eight to five or whatever it is against Ottawa the other night, like that game shouldn't even be close. Like right now, Mike, two dudes. <laughs> listen, Mike Smith got hurt. Poor Mike Smith. That's like the motto of our podcast. Um, but how old is he, even is Mike Smith? Is he, did he hit 40 yet? He's got to be. If he's not 40, he's got to be 39. Uh, Miko Koskinen is 4-6. and six. Uh, He has an 8. Mike Smith will be 39 in March. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted no, to that's yell okay. that quick. That's, that's fine. Um, Miko Koskinen has a 3.45 goals against and a, a .89 save percentage. So bad. <laughs> it's, it's fair to say it's pretty bad um this dude skinner uh stuart skinner who sounds like he should be like a, a biology teacher i was just gonna say he sounds like he should be leading the chess club um not by... he's one and oh why would you name your child stuart that's another discussion for Stu- another day Stu skins what a guy um he's one and oh um but he gave up five goals in his win to the to the senators. Yep. Uh, okay. I think. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. Not great. Uh. Yeah. It's 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 and I said it. What was it? Last week or two weeks ago? Whatever. Um. They're gonna have to end up flipping Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You you got to do something here, because you're not winning. It's not '80s Oilers. You're not winning every game, eight five. Not in the playoffs, especially. Not. Sure not. So, I mean, the stars of the game on Sunday. Connor McDavid, one goal, four assists. Leon Dreitzeidel, zero goals, six assists. And then James Neal popped in, too. There you go. But now James Neal was put back on the taxi squad today for some reason. He's so I don't done. understand. He's so done. I mean, you can't go by James Neal. He's he's completely washed. Um <laughs> Just burped. Sorry, he had meatloaf tonight. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the Oilers. I mean, it, it's it's a shame. It's like almost as how the Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are wasting Mike Trout. They're wasting these two guys. Wasting. Yeah, that's that's honestly the best comparison you can make. Like, and this is why, like, I really wanted McDavid to get put on an American team 
because his game and even dry saddle too, like those guys would help the girls so much in, in this country too, like being able to watch him play. And I get it. Like hockey is like Canada's first, second, third most popular sport, but like you're, you're watching this dude just waste. Yeah. Wasting. Absolutely wasting. This is like, he's the best hockey player I've ever seen. Like, I don't even know how close it is. Like he's unbelievable. And they're just like, yeah, we we can totally score eight goals a game. That's a, that, that happens all the time. It's, it's bad. Um, Connor McDavid, six years left on his deal. Dreitzeidel, five years left on his deal. They got to pay James Neal three more years at 5.7. They're paying Zach Cassian four more years at 3.2. I mean, what do you do to upgrade? I don't really know how you can. I don't know how yeah, you can. They're going to get Clefbaum back. You know, that'll be good. But it's it's not good. It's it's and they're and they're winning. I mean, they, like they they just won with eight goals, and I'm like, this team is horrible because they're they're so like top heavy isn't even the word. I mean, I don't even I don't feel good about anybody after McDavid, Dryside, on Nugent Hopkins. I really don't like Kyle Curry. Is- go ahead. But like when you're scoring eight goals. The game shouldn't have to be close in the third period. Like, Ottawa was about to pull their goaltender for an extra attacker in that situation. That shouldn't ever happen if you're putting up the types of numbers these dudes are. And that's on, like, an extraordinary historic night. Now it's like you're relying on these dudes to hopefully pump in two or three points a night. You're hoping. And if, if one you know, of them the thing doesn't too, score. It's like they're doing a ton of this damage on the power play. Like, what happens on a night where they don't get calls or the refs are letting these dudes play? How are they manufacturing that much offense? If those, if one of those guys doesn't score every night, like they both have to score for them to win. If Drysaddle doesn't have a point one night, they're going to lose. Yeah. Same thing with McDavid; they're losing. It, that that's simple. I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, let the other guys beat you. I mean, are you worried about Kyler Yamamoto? No. <laughs> How scared are you of him, Jesse Puyarvi? I couldn't be less afraid of those guys. James Neal can barely skate. <laughs> like, that's who I... Let them beat me. If they beat me, you know what? Tip your hat to them. Nice game. You know, you did it. Proud of you. How worried are you? Like, I'm not scared of the... Tyler Ennis? Like, come on. Come on. I don't know. The Oilers will always be... It's it's the McDreisaitl effect that they're going to be on everybody's top 10 power rankings, top 5 power rankings... You know how I feel about those. Um, but they don't win. They don't win. If you want to be first round and out, be my guest. If you want to not make the playoffs, be my guest. You want to win the lottery, go right ahead. But you're wasting these guys. Wasting. Rant over. Oh, Do we end the podcast on a note like that? It seems kind of somber. I don't know. What, did, like, something else good happen? We should have ended it with line eggs. I was so optimistic. <laughs> um, I got nothing. Uh, Madison Bowie signed with Chicago. Good for him. Um, I, I got nothing. You got anything else? Otherwise, I'll, I'll go through the house game. We'll wrap it up. Um, I'll just go around the league real quick, just finishing up any notes. Uh, 
Sorry to add to the sadness, but Nathan McKinnon also out week to week for the Avs. Yeah. Looks like he suffered a little bit of a groin injury, so that's, those are always super tricky. I guarantee they're going to be overly cautious with him. Um, uh, Jacob Slavin, Tarot, Tanner Vinen actually returning this week Woo-hoo. for the Hurricanes. That's big for them. I mean, they're going to be fighting for every point. They're playing real well right now. Good for Rob the Bot. Rob the Bot. He's looking for a contract. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if they let that dude walk? Good Lord. Idiots. <laughs> They'd be idiots. Let's let's not mince words. They'd be idiots. Oh, I forgot to yep. bring this up. This is something that's positive. Did you see – was it you who sent me the athletic article about the projected Team Canada? Yep, yep. Did you see that top line? Yeah, I know. For those better, who – Did you see that fourth line? <laughs> um, For those who – don't subscribe to The Athletic. This is my weekly subscribe to The Athletic. Like, just do it. It's so worth it. Um, the top line was Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, and Matthew Barzell. And I felt a little sense of pride um, because one of my baby boys was on the top line of Team Canada. and But they would, like, break any – what's it called? What's the word I'm looking like? A radar gun. Like, it would be too fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I hope. Yeah, good luck trying to catch those dudes running around the ice. Yeah, and like, they, and like Barzell, like, barely shoots on the Islanders. He's the by far the best scorer on the team. They would just be like, don't shoot. Like, just give us the fuck. Like, it'll be fine. Matt Barzell would have like 30 <laughs> assists in the tournament. Like, he would, he would set the assist record because he wouldn't have – like, he's already an elite passer. Like, he wouldn't have to shoot. He'd be like, you, you can if you want, but, like, don't because you don't have to. Yeah, just thought that was funny. I was reading it. I was like, holy shit. Like, one guy's faster than the next. Like, Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, though. I mean, if, 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 if the NHL does return to the Olympics, they're going to start selections for team – for the teams probably this time next year. So, um I mean, what a freaking awesome move that would be for this league. Obviously, you know where we stand on Olympic hockey and U.S. participation in it. Um, one thing I didn't realize, though, is that they're going to have North American-sized ice. It's not going to be Olympic-sized ice in, in China. I hate that. I, I love the Olympic-sized ice. Yeah. Just I've And, like, Jonathan Quick always, like, terrified me because he always comes way out of the net. And I'm like, no, the ice is too big. Like, stay in the net. <laughs> Um, I remember like when we were watching it in Buffalo, you were like, oh no, he's going to come out of the net so far. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like, uh, by the way, if you want to know who we think is going to be, um, on each international team's roster, you can go back and listen to those episodes. We went out, we, uh, put out during the quarantine, something to think about. Um, if you got anything else, I'm just going to wrap it up here. Nope, nothing on my end. Nope, I got nothing. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for me to lay on the couch and not move until I go to bed. Um, Housekeeping. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. You can find us on the A1 Sports Network homepage, a1sportsnetwork.com. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at A1 Sports Network. You can find me, at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's. Don't forget it. You can find the podcast at top pair underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm starting to like wonder if people know if it's me tweeting or you tweeting. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can probably figure it out because yours is coherent and mine is usually just like babble. Um, Nick, why don't you block your stuff and then we'll get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on my personal account at nmaxwell01. Yes, it's boring. No, I won't change it. Or on Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. Mine is my name with extra letters because Eric Weinstein was taken. So I just added extra <laughs> letters. Uh, it's been that way for 10 years now. And guess what? It ain't changing. All right, before we go, who do you got winning the game on Sunday? Um, I'm going to go Chiefs. And I think it's going to be way lower scoring, though, than I think people realize. I'm going to go Chiefs 27, Bucks 23. Okay. So I bet the Bucks. Idiot. Because probably a good money line, isn't it? It was it was uh, bucks plus three, plus three and a half when I bet it. Um, I will not bet the Chiefs and potentially lose money and watch Tom Brady hold up another Super Bowl trophy. I won't have like the double whammy. So like, say the Chiefs win, all right, I lose the money. Whatever, you know, it happens. But if I lose the money on the Chiefs and Tom Brady gets number seven. I know I just said all this thing about appreciating greatness. I don't want him to win seven Super Bowls because all ESPN is going to say is, look how old he is, and he's still winning Super Bowls. Oh, my the, God. It's, it's nauseating. Nauseating. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pick. <laughs> we'll see you next week.